0: Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Dominican Dimensions, a half-hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, featuring the friars from St. Patrick Church in Columbus. And now, Dominican
1: Dimensions. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half-hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott. And I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Father Stephen Dominic Hayes and a special guest, Father Pius Petrick. I'm still special. You're still special, who teaches at St. Patrick's Seminary in Menlo Park, California. Let's begin today with a prayer to Our Lady. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with, the Lord with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, womb Jesus.
2: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour, hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. In the
1: name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In times that are turbulent, when there's chaos woven through our life, um, we look for an oasis. When, we look for when a does that happen? Well, I don't know. It happens for me sometimes. <laughs> maybe it never happens in California. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe
0: in the middle of a pandemic, riots, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. collapsing economy,
2: burning buildings around, <laughs> burning buildings. Maybe, right, right. maybe. That's
1: a that's maybe a hypothetical example. Um, but uh, in times, in times with chaos and turbulence, um, we tend to seek an oasis. We tend to seek a place where we can um, get away. Now, obviously, there's there's wrong ways to seek to get away. Um, there's plenty of wrong ways to seek to get away from, from the troubles in our life.
2: Ten rounds with Jose Cuervo. There you go.
1: <laughs> there you go. But there are also good ways. they are good oases where we can find <laughs> find a harbor, where we can find peace, where we can find Christ. And so today we're going to speak about how, how we do find that oasis, especially in light of God's providence. Um, God's providence is is uh is is that which allows his his divine plan to unfold. And uh and Father Pius, what is there what are those things that can frustrate God's divine providence?
0: Nothing can frustrate God's <laughs> divine providence. I'm a Dominican. Uh look <laughs> If we think we can do battle against God and subvert his will, we're, well, we're just wrong. <laughs> in the <laughs> end, God's providence always prevails. It, oh, God's providence is effective, and it's infallibly effective, and there's nothing we can do to prevent God's providence. Hmm. We might not always understand uh, the, the providence in a given moment. We not always understand what God permits and, what, and why he permits things and doesn't permit other things. Uh, but in the end, uh, all is subject to God's providence. There's no world that exists apart from God, apart from God in the sense of uh, completely outside of his rule and domain.
2: So, it can still be annoying,
0: though, right? It can, oh, well, I, I would say, it can, uh, yes, from our limited human point of view and, and our lack of understanding and comprehension of what God is our doing. Our desire to control our, things. And our, desire, the, 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 our increasing desire to think that providence is ours, <laughs> right? If only I could run things, then I would run it so much better than God would. Mm-hmm.
1: Which is so, true. so we can, so we can trust in God's providence. That doesn't necessarily mean we won't have stress. I mean,
0: no. even, even, even Christ, the Lord had. I mean, blood, with, I mean, sweated blood, sweated blood I mean, in the Garden gracious. of Gethsemane. Yeah, if this, if this cup can be taken away, let it. You know, but Please. Thy will be done.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's
1: true. Even, even at that moment, that prayer was an acknowledgement of His Father's will, yeah. of God's divine providence. Mm-hmm. Your will be done. Um. So, in your own experience, just as as Dominican friars, what are some ways in which you've been able to do that. You've had kind of stress and you've, what, what is it that helps you? What, you know, what practices, what what prayers, you know, help you to find that oasis when, when you start getting um, stressed?
0: Well, I think sometimes the scriptural image is very helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got this image of the apostles on uh, the water and the storm, mm-hmm. uh, and it's Christ there then who calms the storm and the waters. And the idea, and of course, in the ancient understanding of this, this image of the, the boat is always the bark of Peter. That is, it's always the church. Mm-hmm. And so to meditate upon our connection with the church and our being on the boat with the church provide should provide us some calm. You know, I, we were talking about this before, and, and we kind of laughed at this, but if you want some hope and some answer to anxiety, well, read the book of Apocalypse. Yeah? People think, Book of Apocalypse? No, no, no. no. That is the Book of Revelation. The, the Book of Revelation. No, that's the scary one. No, 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 no. The Book of Apocalypse, the Revelation, is not the scary one. It's the Book of Hope right because mm-hmm. it's the book that tells us in the midst of even worse suffering and all you know the four horsemen of the apocalypse they come right in the midst of all that nonetheless Christ is still present and mm-hmm. Christ triumphs uh, and his will is done and so no matter what we're in we, there is this this ultimate submission to divine providence that we all have to to do right hope is about submitting ourselves entirely uh, without holding anything back to God's own providence accepting that providence for us um, and, and finding comfort in that. That doesn't mean—we're not—you know, there's, I think, some religious who said obedience is like being a corpse. This is nonsense, of course. This is awful. Uh, But we do that in the fullness of our freedom and the freedom of our our wills, but that will submits itself to providence. That is, it's informed by grace. It's informed by the Church to allow it to be an active participant in bringing about God's kingdom. And if we see that that's frustrated from our point of view from time to time, well, we're wrong— uh, uh, but, uh, but nonetheless, to continue going. And then there's always, for me, this one phrase that, that grieves me, great comfort, and that is from St. Teresa of Calcutta, who said, we are called not to be successful, but faithful. Mm-hmm. We are called to be not successful, but faithful. We do not judge ourselves by how successful our plans and plots are we judge ourselves by whether or not we maintain fidelity to the gospel message. If we have just take a, we have a a prayer event and one person shows up, right? Are we successful? Yes. Because we've been faithful to our mm-hmm. call. If no one shows up, well we're still faithful to our call. We mm-hmm. cannot we cannot judge whether or not we're doing God's will on the number of people who show up. That counting mm-hmm. numbers is is in the end useless. It's all about what, uh, judging of how faithful we are to our own discernment with the church about what we've been called to do.
2: So, um, St. Thomas Aquinas talks about peace as the tranquility that results from right order. And Paul divides a Christian into spirit, soul, and body. And I do think maybe on a practical level, that's a good way to make a self-examination. You know, So where's your tranquility in the body? You know, And if you're going to cultivate peace, to some extent, that means cultivating a certain bodily peace. So we have our Lord for resting. Me,
0: for me, that's the spicy chicken sandwich from chick <laughs>
2: <laughs> But then emotionally as well, and then with a, a focus of purpose. Uh, you know, and this, uh, this is, I think, the way to begin. You have to have a peace, and if you're going to develop the recollection, if you're going to develop the purpose, uh, the unwavering compass that points always to Christ— then there has to be, to my mind, a certain tranquility. And that will involve the tradition, talks about bodily practices and emotional, spiritual practices, and we... talk about spiritual. And I think that,
0: that that emotional part is so misunderstood. We, we're always fighting between two great extremes, between the Stoicism, really, of the past, mm-hmm. in which emotions were seen as the anti-human, almost, or anti-reason. And, of course, they're not. You cannot be a human being without experiencing all the emotions, virtuously, of course, but you need to experience them. That's what it means to be human. Uh, but we also can go to the other sense, which is the more modern, I think, uh, error, which is to say that that the emotions really run things; that they're never right. wrong, and they must always be indulged. Right? This is much of our tranquility is that we allow the the emotions to rule rather than allow them to be ruled by reason. Emotions are good. One should experience them, but one should experience them subject to reason. And so, sometimes you can have emotions that are pushing you in a particular direction, and you need to recognize: well, that emotion isn't correct. Uh, that emotion is pushing too hard, or I cannot act on this emotion. That doesn't mean you, you know, you turn into Spock from Star Trek and just repress them all. That's equally dangerous. But you try to live a life in which you order this. You're never going to be completely successful. What we call sort of the integration of the interior life of the spirit of the body of the
2: emotions, uh, following God's will is is the goal that we strive for. Uh, when I preach, sometimes I use the example of the horse and rider. So yeah. the passions, you know, which include in most of our emotions, they are the they are the horse. They get you there. They get you there with power. But the horse has to be well trained. You know, and so reason, as you said, guides it. Reason, justice, and ho- and under I would suggest. The light of Christ the Son. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So so the rider or horse can see where they're going if there's no light.
0: Well, right. That's why it's necessary to engage in the regular examination of conscience so that the light of grace informs our mind as we review our own interior life, including the life of the emotions, and to -hmm. to judge the way in which we allow our emotions to take control. And sometimes, to be honest, sometimes allowing our emotions or our desires to lead us into sin Um,
2: faintheartedness. You know, um, our fear of things will push us into a future of fear that has never happened or a past of anger and resentment that may be only a couple of seconds old, but just dead as a doornail.
0: And I think another problem with that, it's sort of related to that, is in our modern world, we know all the bad stuff that's happening everywhere in the world. Just, mm, you know, right. open up your phone and you can find out all the horrible things that are going off everywhere in the world, which is, was never the case before, right? We've mm-hmm. never had this access to information before. The problem with that is that you can't do anything about most of it. Mm-hmm. What's the point of being anxious for something you can do absolutely nothing about? It's it's a kind of a wasted emotion. Unless it's leading you to do something you can do, you can pray for them, Right. Mm-hmm. But But, people who get so caught up in all of these and it's it 's very true of the young, I think I think the millennial generation it 's very guilty of this uh, is that they get all worked up about lots of things that they can 't really do anything about and sort of get paralyzed by this anxiety uh, about these things. Well, one has to have some tranquillity in the fact that we can we can sense their badness and we can recognize their
2: badness but i just don't understand the point of worrying
0: about something that i have no control
2: over and i can't do anything about i think as we mature normally we take on more responsibilities
0: but that but that world of that, that is very focus small at- yeah so that's true and so that that worry can go to the things i can do something about right. a, a parent with children ought to worry a little bit about what their children are doing right. because it's something they have some control over but what's going on, you know, in in the Middle East between Tribe A and Tribe B? Why am Romanian I getting hackers? Right. Why am I getting terribly worried about this, mm-hmm. since I really can't do anything about it? And so some recognition about when when I allow my anxieties to reach kind of you know high pitch uh, over things that I have no control over. Well, that's uh, that's the, that's the sign that your emotional life is a lot of control, mm-hmm. and maybe you need to turn off the. Television. Yeah, and, and especially yeah, that you may. And this is this is part more of more silence. Well, it's this is part of curiositas, right? Yeah. This is part of the detriment of of curiosity as a sin. Is when we're constantly seeking information that doesn't edify us, that doesn't help us lead holiness. But when we realize that we're constantly seeking in, information on our phone about all the bad things in the world. Uh, and even in our own country, right? It's not uncommon for lots of people to to look on the new their favorite uh, you know conspiracy websites to, to to inform them about all the things that are going wrong in, in in the country or even in the church and kind of feed on this negative negativity and feed themselves into this anxiety that they can't do anything about and and they need to turn that off
2: because they're filling their minds and their emotions with all sorts of poison, which actually feeds into procrastination about one's actual responsibility. Exactly, exactly,
0: right. You, you get know. so caught up in, in getting every little detail about what's happening in dio- the evil bishop in Diocese X and the terrible things that he's doing that you're not doing anything to care for the poor in your own neighborhood. And that's what you should be doing. You should be much more worried about helping the poor and the destitute in your own neighborhood than about what some somebody's doing hundreds and hundreds of miles away
2: right the warrior can only influence a battle as far as his own
0: weapon yeah. reaches. no exactly exactly and and because of the reach of the internet, right we think we think uh, that that weapon can reach to Watts when it really can't whenever they really can't you know I agree
1: you're listening to the Dominican dimensions a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Parish in Columbus. I'm joined in the studio today by Father Stephen Dominic Hayes and Father Pius Petrick. Special guest. Special Pius. guest, Father <laughs> Pius Petrick from St. Patrick's Seminary in Menlo Park, California. We've been discussing how to find an oasis in the storm, an oasis in turbulent times, especially in light of God's providential plan, which, as Father Pius says, what can frustrate it? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing can frustrate God frustrate God's divine providential plan. We've been speaking about how um it's important to to seek that tranquility, um to to look at how our emotions, you know, are good of themselves but should not rule us and should be ruled by reason rather than um trampling upon our reason. We've spoken about how um just as Christ calmed the storm with the apostles so christ um can calm our storms if if we look to him how we should not be uh, worried about always being successful on our own terms but simply faithful to that christ who is the one who who is who is uh, the source of all true victory and success and and then we were most recently speaking about how uh, our our uh, peace of heart can be taken away by too much exposure to the media, and too much attention to things that really we have no control over at all. Um, And that can actually be a form of curiositas, a vice that that turns us away from our true responsibilities, those things that we truly can do, even if they seem small in the eyes of the world, but that nevertheless allow us to, to do our part in God's providential plan. You know, as Mary said, let it be done to me according to your will.
2: Her tranquility, I think, is something to be much desired to imitate. It. The Lord tells his apostles to come away to a quiet place. Mm-hmm. You know, so on the level of body, uh, spirit, uh, soul, and spirit, I do think you need to practice these things. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. being peaceful, being recollected, is something that is about virtue, which means it needs to be practiced. You're not going to be a good tennis player the first time on the court. Either When you strive to be recollected, are you going to be recollected immediately? This takes practice and so forth. This and is, I,
0: so think, cool. I think that image of Mary is essential. And for me, which always is essential, is Mary at the cross, mm-hmm. Mary at the foot of the cross, mm-hmm. who is, of course, in sorrow. And yet, she, there is a tranquility about mm-hmm. her. Why? Hope. Right? The, the theological virtue of hope that she possesses. Mm-hmm. And hope is not simply optimism and that 's where I think people go wrong. They think hope is just about having rosy thoughts about the future one can have one can understand that we're we 're going into a period of chaos and yet still have theological hope because hope is fundamentally rooted in faith and that realization that divine providence will overcome that god that the, that the end of the story is already written, mm-hmm. and God is the 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 victor right We know this. Uh, and so submitting ourselves to that, even if we have to, for a time, endure the, a world of chaos and difficulty and punishment, that that itself can be salvific as well. And it only is so because hope, the way hope works and the only way it works, is that hope relies not on me. I don't have hope in myself. I have a hope ultimately in God. And that hope in God, the theological virtue of hope was especially for, for the early church about hope in what? Salvation. Right. Right? that my hope is in the fact that the God who calls me to union with him has the power to actually unite me to him, has the power to give me the grace that I will seek after that, and so that despite everything that I go through, uh, not even despite, but that everything that I do- go through can help prepare me for that, free me of my attachments to this world, open me up for the next world, and lead me to that ultimate union with him. And so to be a Christian in the, the, a world of adversity is a requirement for us to live in hope. And so to do that, as, as you say quite correctly, is to engage in acts of hope, right? There are prayers right. that are acts of faith, prayers that are acts of charity. There are also prayers that are acts of hope. And so in the time of adversity, constantly praying the act of hope, to live out that virtue of hope in our lives. And to do that explicitly, right? To give our, in, in the midst of adversity, to give ourselves over to Christ. What the, what the sisters to say, offer it up for Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. We can sort of laugh at that now a little bit. But it's true, mm-hmm. right? right? That life of hope is that ability to offer what I ha- all my adversity up for my own salvation. The Holy See had just announced, uh, declaring venerable, a young uh, Italian who had bone cancer. And one of the the amazing testimony of him is that all of that pain that he suffered, this was a child of 10 or 11, something like Mm -hmm. that, and had this this extraordinary insight in which he constantly offered the pain of his uh, leukemia or bone cancer uh, for for souls uh, at that very young Mm -hmm. age. Uh, and we need to be able to do that. We need to see this adversary as an opportunity for us to, to unite with the cross and therefore to unite ourselves with the Father and therefore grow in that unity w- with him in prayer.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I um, I know earlier we also spoke about silence, you know, that uh, in a time when there is so much um, noise. media saturation, noise, um, there, there's a sense in which we can sometimes almost try to, try to find an oasis and noise in a sense we can keep distracting ourselves from all those things that that bother us you know and and just you know just constantly run from one thing to the next in a very short short circuit there there's 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 a lot to be said for for silence like we were speaking about our lady you know and uh I think one one of the popes spoke about the silence of Nazareth, you know, the silence of when Paul Christ the sixth, yeah. Paul VI, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, you know, Jesus the vast majority of his of his of his life, you know, from Bethlehem until he died and and rose, you know, the vast majority of it was spent in a very quiet existence in a home in Nazareth, you know, and uh it was it was time when they there wasn't a lot of there weren't radios playing, there wasn't cable news, there weren't, you know, constant updates from your favorite blog, you know, it was basically, you know, silence, you know, and, 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 and work and and the ordinary rhythm of life. And I mean, for me personally, but you know, it helps me to just get away from these. I love to go out and take a walk, you know, Mm -hmm. where, where you can literally get away physically, you know, move, get your circulation going a little bit. Um, but then just step away. There's a sense in which you can step away from all the things that you're worried about, at least for a time, um, and then look not, at the uh, bigger the bigger picture from God's perspective.
0: Well, and that's it. It's not silence simply for the sake of silence. It's not silence as an end, mm-hmm. but it's silence as opening up space for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Right. So when you're in the world of worldly noise, all you're doing is allowing the world to speak to you. Mm-hmm. That's not the way God speaks to us. Uh, it's, not, it's not the primary way. Uh, it's this great story of Elijah at the cave, right? right. Which, uh, he heard the thunderstorm, but God wasn't in the thunderstorm. Yeah. The, the fire, God wasn't in the fire. What was God in? That little whisper coming from mm-hmm. the cave. And so this, the necessity to make s- a space for the Spirit to speak to us, he doesn't speak to us externally. He speaks to us internally through the grace that's already there. The Holy Trinity is present in us in baptism, and we have to give ourselves time to hear that. Which is why even people who are in the lay life, it's not just for monks you know and nuns, but people even lay people have to spend some time in quiet, mm-hmm. asking the spirit to speak to them and learning how to listen to him and then how to carry that out
2: If you think of how most Christians have lived over the centuries, it's been for the most part subsistence agricultural farming mm-hmm. you know, and there's lots of silences there, you know I mean one of the things I like. So even from a boy was to go out of the woods and hunt and part of the beauty of hunting was not so much the animal but being in the silence mm-hmm. being hearing the small sounds in the woods being able to identify the squirrels at a distance and to make up and find God speaking to you even in a tree when you're sitting in a treetop you know and and this kind of thing is we have less and less of this
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. especially because now, these days, whenever it's that comes up, what do we do? We put in headphones right. and fill our ears with music. How, in the past, for example, did they often count time? Your aves and pates. Right. Yeah. right. You'd, you'd count uh, you know, events by praying the Our Father, the Hail mm-hmm. Mary. So you'd punctuate th- that space, not with just noise, but prayer. But prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh even memorized prayer which is a, which is mm-hmm. you know like the rosary for me the rosary is that kind of sea on which my, the mind floats mm-hmm. as it were uh and communicates with God that way mm-hmm. and th- that necessity of even uh, filling our but silent using the prayer to silence the mind to everything else mm-hmm. uh so that that the holy spirit can uh can be present and can be heard.
1: Yeah so I mean even from the from the from the gospel times I mean John the Baptist you know, went out into the wilderness, you know, where there's a lot of silence. It was there that he... Our Lord himself was <clears throat> days. days. Yeah, yeah, the Lord went into the wilderness for 40 days, was tempted, and even during his public ministry would, you know, would, would withdraw, you know, to a quiet place, mm-hmm. often late at night or early in the morning.
0: Even Christ, who was personally connected to the Trinity, right, right? and his yep. human nature mm-hmm. still had to take time out for prayer. Right,
2: and time. Because time maybe is our most important commodity. I hear hear so many people say, I don't have time for prayer. I said, or by the end of the day, I'm too exhausted and I've had prayer. I said, did you book it? You book appointments with a doctor. You book appointments with a dentist. I do the same thing. Yeah. I I say, get a personal planner. Book Mm -hmm. your whole personal, professional life in it. And make sure there's time where you give Jesus an appointment every day. Mm -hmm. And and so— yeah, recollection on body, on yeah. Im- and mind, and in spirit.
0: I you hear that a lot from people. You know, I you know who say, "Well, I don't pray enough," and you have mm-hmm. to say, "Well, what are you going to do about it?" Well, I'll pray more. That's not going to work. No. How are you going to pray more? When are you going to pray more? How often? Be concrete in that prayer life. You can be flexible and mature, but at least have that level of concreteness.
1: Because I know in a seminary, that's one thing you really work on. Mm. This is a formation community, right, Father Pius? I, I do my help. best. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that. What that's like helping encourage seminarians to it's to, really, to structure I, their time of prayer.
0: Yeah, and and especially preparing them for ministry because they're often going to be quite busy. Uh, mm-hmm. But they have to understand that, that that if if ministry just becomes busy and if it's not rooted in prayer, then they just become glorified social workers, right? Which is a mm-hmm. problem. Uh, that the the life of the priest has to always be rooted in prayer and punctuated throughout day the prayer throughout the day by prayer both for themselves and for the sake of the ministry that they do so developing those habits of prayer both the prayer of the church in terms of the office but also their own private devotional prayer uh, is absolutely essential and giving out time uh, for contemplative prayer every day the -hmm. the, the holy hour
1: i like that word punctuated. it made just i just had an insight i said if if you do if your life is not punctuated by prayer you're what A continuous run-on sentence. That's right. That's
0: right. (laughs) Well, you know, if you see some of these, some of these pastors are like that. Unfortunately, (laughs) these workaholics who have just become run-on pastors, as it were.
2: I would like to see the even the lay people discover the uh, divine office more. You can find it on applications like iBreviary, but to punctuate your mm -hmm. day with stops for prayer, a beautiful thing.
0: Or even to bring back the old, uh, uh, the uh, uh, Mary. The angelus? No, the Office of the Blessed Virgin. Oh, yes, the little Office of the Blessed Virgin, which is great for lay people. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So, so um, for all of our listeners, we hope that you are able to find the ways that that you need to punctuate your life with those oases that will help you to dwell in the in the unchanging providence of God, which is frustrated by nothing. Nothing. Nothing.
2: Open God. (laughs)
1: Let's let's thank you for joining us today for the Dominican Dimensions. My name is Father Stephen Alcott. I'm a friar at Saint Patrick Priory in Columbus. I've been joined today in the studio by Father Stephen Dominic Hayes and by our special guest, Father Pius Petrick. Let's end now in our prayer to Saint Dominic in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O light of the Church, Teacher, teacher of Truth, Rose of, Rose of, patience, of patience, Ivory of, of Chastity. chastity free Freely you have poured forth the waters of, of wisdom, preacher of grace, unite us with us the blessed. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Dominican Dimensions and
1: all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.